Welcome to the University of the Free State Career Services Podcast, where we talk to experts about the ins and outs of jobs and share tips that will give you a grip on your future career. Many of us only start having honest conversations about our bodies later on in life. Maybe one might argue towards our late 20s to our late 30s. This is the time you might experience some changes, pleasant or unpleasant, um, and the conversations only start usually happening when there's a remedy that's needed. For instance, I only started having conversations with my friends about my developments as a woman only when I was 26, when my friend brought up an issue that they were experiencing at the time. And judging by the stigmas around our bodies and our reproductive systems, I can also assume that some people do not even engage in this knowledge or conversation about their bodies at all until there is a need. So our guest today will probably verify these assumptions that I have. Uh, She's a professional nurse, midwife, and the founder and CEO of Black Women Arise Women's Health Foundation and Clinic. She's also a woman with many accolades, okay? Brace yourself, I'm about to list them. Um, She is the University of the Free State's Young Alumni of the Year 2023, Africa's Brightest Young Mind 2022, Male and Guardian Top 50 Powerful Women 2021, Male and Guardian Top 200 Young Women 2022, Free State Premier Top 50 Inspirational Youth in the Free State 2022, Sunday World a Top 100 Unsang Heroes 2022, and National Builders Development Nation Builder of the Year 2022 recipient. Please help me welcome Serabato Tawan. How are you, man? I'm good, and how are you? I am good, and I need water after reading all of those. <laughs> it is quite a mouthful, isn't it? It is quite a mouthful. Yes. I hope you guys could see her. Um, she has her nest. Um, what are these called? Bedges? Epilets. She's a nurse epilets on. She looks very professional. You know the saying, as clean as a nurse? Exactly that. (laughs) That that saying goes exactly with what she aligns with today. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Thank you so much Um, for having me. And I have have a few questions for you. My first question, after reading your bio, I thought I want to hear this from the horse as well. Mm -hmm. Please tell us a little bit about Black Women's Arise Women's Health Foundation and Clinic. All right. So Black Women Arise Women's Health is basically a movement that is aimed at promoting women's sexual and reproductive health and rights, particularly women in disadvantaged communities. So how this plays out is there is a Black Women Arise Women's Health Foundation. So it's a nonprofit organization that, you know, does exactly that, promoting women's sexual reproductive health and rights. And this is done through research, through education, because like you said, many people don't really have conversations around sexual reproductive health and they don't have access to evidence-based education or health information even. Um, So Black Women Arise does that. And so we're also in partnership with the Department of Health in a very exciting um, project that is aimed at reducing cervical cancer-related mobility and mortality in the free state. So what we do is we make use of our mobile clinic and we go into disadvantaged and hard-to-reach areas where women typically can't afford to get to the nearest clinic. And then we give them free cervical cancer screening services and then we link them to the next level of care. And then on the other side, we also have Black Women Arise Women's Health Clinic. So this is a midwife-led clinic wherein we try to provide 
affordable and efficient sexual reproductive health care services um, for women who some might not even afford, you know, the conventional medical aid. And yeah, just to ensure that healthcare is affordable and accessible for all women, regardless of their socioeconomic background. And I'm interested to know why, the why behind this beautiful initiative that you have placed. Uh, um, I could think, well, there's a need, but I'm sure a lot of people have not thought, let me do something about it. Mm-hmm. And now I'd like to know just your journey from being a student mm-hmm. to being a, a professional leading up to when you had to decide, this is the reason actually that I want to venture into um, helping women the way I do. Yeah. Thank you so much for that question because the why is actually very personal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was still studying um, my nursing and midwifery, um, or towards my nursing and midwifery degree, I was diagnosed with a condition called endometriosis. And after being diagnosed, in fact, I realized that the reason that I was quickly diagnosed was only for the fact that I had access to health information because I was already within the system and I knew where to go and, you know, what to say exactly. And then, you know, I went, you know, got the diagnosis, started treatment. And then when I came back, I started having conversations with many of my friends who were also my classmates at the time. And then I got to discover that many of them had actually went through different sexual reproductive health um, issues, but they were afraid to speak out, just as I also was before I got the diagnosis. And I thought to myself, if I, as you know, a nurse midwife in the making, are still afraid to actually you know, reach out for help, what more about people that don't have the information that we have? And then this was also verified by what I saw in clinical practice as well, mm-hmm. because I would come across women who really did not know when to you know, seek medical attention. You know, they would be diagnosed late with cervical cancer and then others would book late for their antenatal care, you know, without being screened to see if the pregnancy is healthy and, you know, being screened for risk factors and so on. So I realized that there was a huge gap and then I decided to start a platform that would educate women and, you know, really try to break through the different cultural stigmas and taboos that we are experiencing in Africa in general. Um, yeah, so my my aim really started off as just wanting to educate women to really be familiar with their bodies, to know that it's normal not to have it all normal, you know, and to know where to go when something is not normal. So, yeah, that was that. And then it just kind of went... <laughs> How it's been going, yeah. Yes. You know when you start something and then it just spirals it did. out it's, of control. That's into been the experience, yeah. Like wildfire. Yeah. And I'm sure you've touched so many lives and helped so many Absolutely. women. And from those experiences, I want you to tell me at least one day, one best day mm-hmm. um, that you've experienced in your profession. What happened that day? What was going on? Oh, goodness. I think one of the most memorable moments that I've experienced was I think sometime in June, we had this huge outreach event in one of the informal settlements in Bloemfontein. And, you know, because we're in partnership with the Department of Health, what I always try to do is when we go into the community, we really try to bring other services. So we don't just go and provide cervical cancer screening services. We try to ensure that there's HIV screening and testing. There is, you know, minor ailments, uh, screening and testing, COVID vaccination and, and, and. So, you know, it was one event that we really spent so much time trying to organize and all of that. And then 
what we also realized was the fact that, you know, it's difficult to talk to people about cervical cancer when people are hungry. You know, so we came together with my team and then with the help of our sponsors and our funder, of course, we really put together this massive, massive outreach event. And I think I really saw on, on that day just how, you know, powerful having a dream is and the impact that just one vision has had on so many people because I think, you know, we had a headcount of about 300 adults and even more children Mm -hmm. that came. They had a warm meal to eat. You know, they had cervical cancer screening services and they had many other primary health care services that they otherwise would not have had access to. So I remember just, you know, at the end of the event, because I was really very tense and anxious about it, trying to make sure that everything is, you know, coming together because our funder was also coming and all of that. And then later on, I remember just looking and just seeing how people, how happy people were. And I feel like that really, you know, made it real, just what, what the impact is. Because, you know, most of the time I'm usually just, you know, in, in, in the mode of trying to make sure that things happen in a particular way. And, and But I think that moment really caused me to just pause and see the impact of my dream, which was just amazing. qualities do you have that make you good at your job where you think if I didn't have this I think yeah I would be a bit shaky I think the biggest thing is passion um because remember this was born out of passion and is really sustained by passion so even when 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 times get tough that keeps me going and more than anything whatever it is that I need to do because you know being a project manager or being the leader of the organization means you know there's times where you have to wear different hats but, you know, having passion means I'm able to really throw myself into whatever it is that I'm expected to do at that time because I can really, you know, see the bigger picture, even though it's not tangible yet, but mm-hmm. I can see it in my mind. And that has proven to be really effective. I mean, I've been able to build a strong and capable team just out of leading from a place of passion because they see the amount of work and the amount of passion that I pour into my work and they just, you know, emulate that, which is just amazing. So I think the passion and, you know, knowing your purpose, knowing your why, because there's going to be so many times that you're tested and you want to give up and all of that, but knowing why you're doing what you're doing and, and who you're doing it for, because I really feel and believe in my heart that this is what God put me on this earth for. So I wake up every morning and just think about how can I make it better? How many more people can I reach? You know, how much more intensely can I reach them? How can I be more of service to humanity? Because at the end of the day, I think that's just what I'm here to do. You see, on the upside, you're talking about the the, the, the passion and the good, but I'm sure there's the other side where yeah. hey, the hard work <laughs> is coming. <laughs> the hard work comes in, right? Yeah. What do you what, what do you want to tell our listeners that is the, the hard part of your job or the mundane part of your job where you're like, yes, I have passion, but sure, there's, yeah. there's also this part that's making it a bit challenging. Yeah, I think that very thing that I just said where you have to wear different hats and you have to oversee different you know, I would say profiles within the organization because, I mean, remember, I started off as a professional nurse. You know, that's what I do. I'm a midwife. I catch babies for a living. And now all of a sudden I'm in an organization where I have to, you know, know about finances. I have to know about reporting to my funders to say this is how much we spend, this is how much we need, and 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 I have to know about monitoring and evaluation and grant writing. And those are all skills that I did not go to school for, that I had to really learn along the way. So 
I honestly felt like the one minute I was like, Lord, praying and saying, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to impact women. And 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 then the next minute I was thrown into the deep end. So we, we got our, our first biggest um, funding, which was a, a major breakthrough. But that came with a lot of growing pains, you know, because it was my first time managing a big project, my first time managing people, because now I had to grow a team. I had to manage a team. So which was a bit unexpected because obviously like when I started, it was just about passion. I never had the administrative side in mind. So that's something that I really had to learn, which was not always pleasant, but at the same time, exciting because it's really what I want to do. Yes. Now I'm interested about the learning the other side when that was not your trained profession. Now for nurses people or people who are in your position, we are dealing with students now who are studying to master a certain field, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, in life we are required to then be able to diversify mm. that what we have. Mm. What way do you think our students can better prepare themselves as maybe healthcare workers to then diversify into other spaces where they have to deal with finances, Mm. reporting, evaluating, maybe to observe Mm -hmm. and all of that. What would be your best advice on how they can best prepare themselves Mm -hmm. for such a journey? Yeah, Uh, I think that word that you just mentioned is very important, diversifying. For me, it started off when I was still a student because I've always known that, you know, I was meant for something bigger. I just didn't know what that was. And so how, because I know a lot of people are always like, oh, I want to know what my purpose is and, and, and. And how I got to that was that I threw myself into every volunteering opportunity that I got when I was still a student. I think everybody that was in my class knew that if I was not on this student association, what, 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 whatever opportunity that I could see on the notice, what I was like, I want to be there. And this really helped me. It exposed me to different ways of thinking and it exposed me to different things because I know one of the organizations that I was volunteering for was, you know, in business and all of that. So I learned quite, a, even though I didn't learn them in depth, but I had a bit of an idea and I was very open-minded. So I think that's the most important thing that students can really do for themselves to be open-minded and, you know, being in university is such a beautiful place. And the most important thing that you can ever do for yourself is to ensure that you don't just leave with just a degree because the opportunities are so many. You get to make so many people that are later going to be your contacts. You get to, you know, be involved in many student activities that you otherwise would not have access to outside of the university. So really utilize this, this platform and this opportunity that you have here you know, to ensure that just learn as much as you can because you never know when those skills are going to come into play. And another thing is even after qualifying, I, I, I've i always been this open-minded person who never wanted to, you know, allow myself to be in a box because I was also into peasantry and into a whole lot of other things and other businesses as well. So when I settled into Black Women Arise Men's Health Foundation, I, I realized that all those skills came into play because now I'm responsible to actually pitching the, the, the movement of the organization to different funders, which is something that I did in pageantry when you have to look for sponsors and advertisers and all of that. So nothing is ever wasted. So make sure that you diversify your experiences as an individual. Diversify your experiences. <laughs> Let's take that. That's that. That's our take home, Jess. Okay, so my last question for you before we wrap up our interview is, in your job, mm-hmm. what is something that you think outsiders would never know? Most women actually know this, but I feel like the way that labor is usually portrayed on TV and in the movies, first of all, it bothers me quite a lot. 
So I think one thing that people um, don't know is the fact that, first of all, it's not as quick as it looks on TV because, you know, you've seen like, oh, my water broke and then the baby's out. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not that quick. It's not that easy for most women rather. So I think that's the main thing that most people don't know about um, midwifery or maternity is that labor is quite a complex process. And at the same time, it's different for many women. You know, so that's, that's you know, the reality that many women struggle with when they are about to go through it because they feel like, oh, my experience is not the same as so-and-so and all of that. So it's just knowing that um, labor or pregnancy and labor is a very unique process. Are you all not scared now? <laughs> it's <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> okay, no, thank you so much. Um, this is now we reached the end of our, our conversation. We are at our fire question round. Okay, so oh. I'm going to ask you fire questions. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. Okay. If it has to pass five seconds, it's too long. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you, are you ready for fire questions? You're going to go fire away, okay? Okay. Are you ready for fire questions? Fire away. Coffee or tea? Tea. Sweet or salty? Salty. Remote on site? On site. Every morning I? I pray. My favorite word is? Passion. Passion. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for sitting with us. I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Um, and I'm sure our listeners have a lot to take from this conversation. Aww. Thank you so much for having me. I also extremely enjoyed it. That's it for now. Listen to all our episodes to make sure that you get into the fast lane of career success.